David had a pretty good. He was working in a great university. His students loved him. His peers loved him. He had plenty of friends who loved him. And then he became a successful playwright. Life couldn't get any better. Except reaching the dizzying heights David reached in the theatre world didn't come cheap. For most of his life, he was like anyone else. You might have the occasional tiff with a co-worker or acquaintance, but generally, you're well liked by the people you care about. And all of a sudden, hordes of strangers started to hate David Williamson. Already a self-conscious man, the idea of people making a living by tearing apart his every thought was almost debilitating for David. So how did he learn to train his focus onto the audience rather than the critics? My name is Dr. Amantha Imber. I'm an organisational psychologist and the founder of behavioural science consultancy Inventium. And this is How I Work, a show about how to help you do your best work. On today's My Favourite Tip episode, we go back to an interview from the past and I pick out my favourite tip from that interview. In today's show, I speak with playwright David Williamson and I wanted to know, on the very first preview night of a show, when there's a packed house with people watching his words being spoken for the first time, what sorts of things he looks for in his audience to see what he might need to change? Yeah, I'm looking for involvement. I'm looking, I'm hoping the audience is absorbed in the story. I hope it's relating to their lives. Because the the thing I used to love was writing plays that impinged on the sorts of lives or reflected the sorts of lives that those people were having. Now, I've often been criticised because my plays are about the Anglo-Celtic middle class and they're only one segment of our society, but it's the segment I know, and there's a lot of us, and we should be, <laughs> and we should be allowed to have our own stories. And um, the proliferation of writing from other uh, groups in society has been very welcome. But um, but that's what I know, and that's what I do. And when I heard that audience, usually fairly middle class and Anglo-Celtic, reacting to it and saying, "Wow, this! I know someone like that." I really know someone like that, and I've seen that happen. Uh, um, you can see them when you can see, sense them saying that. That's when it's um, uh, deeply satisfying. And would you talk to audience members during interval or at the end? No, I'd be terrified. I'd leave Kristen. To, <laughs> she'd she'd do a survey from the uh, the women's loo and um, she'd, hear, she'd hear the buzz in there and come back. I I terribly self-conscious on um, uh, when I'm in an audience. Um, uh, I, uh, I'm often accused of laughing at my own uh, work. Um, <laughs> they look at me like, oh, he's laughing at his own work. And, um, well, I'm usually laughing at the creativity that clever actors have brought to my lines rather than celebrating my lines, but uh, it's, it's hard to tell them that. No, I'm terribly self-conscious. I I, there, there was a time when I couldn't go to opening nights. I'd have to send Kristen off and get her to report back. It's very wow. tense, very tense. Now, I imagine when reviews start coming out, that is an interesting time. I'd love to know how, how do you deal with, with bad reviews, negative reviews? Well, 
earlier in my career, I didn't deal very well at all. Um, the first law of criticism I learned, much to my chagrin, was that the strength of the audience reaction bears no relation to the uh, critic's evaluation of the play. In <laughs> fact, sometimes it works in reverse. Um, I remember one critic um, writing, I sat with a black cloud above me as people fell about around me laughing. Um, <laughs> as, if, as if this is a terrible crime that I'd written something that people were enjoying. But uh, a lot of theatre critics think that theatre is an arena of suffering, that you've got to be, if you're Anglo-Celtic middle class, you've got to be whipped and told you're a horrible species that are um, doing terrible things to the planet and other people and you've got to be told how bad you are. You're not allowed to laugh and enjoy the theatre. It's a, it's a place of torture, according to some critics. But um, uh, no, so I didn't. Uh, I particularly reacted badly when I knew I'd written a hit and got no recognition for it whatsoever, in fact got slammed for it, uh, being told I was commercial. Or, um, uh, and I knew that my plays were plays of substance, uh, sure, they are entertaining unless you make a play entertaining on the surface. Uh, you won't get an audience. There's no sense doing it. Um, but at other levels, they were making fairly, often fairly acute observations about the patterns of our social behaviour um, that were often quite intricate. And um, I knew my work uh, wasn't meretricious. It was actually something of substance and so to to be because people are enjoying it <laughs> to be told it was worthless was a hard pill to swallow and, but then again the human psyche is somehow structured to concentrate ferociously on all the negative and set aside the positive and there are a lot of positive things being said about me but the the, the human ego being as it is, you tend to think, well, of course that's right. Yes, of course I'm brilliant. Yeah, well, but what's this bastard calling me? Yeah, yeah. So you obsess about the bad stuff um, and forget the good stuff. And it reminded me of Dostoevsky, one of the greatest novelists ever, who had his life blighted by one persistent, awful critic in the Ukraine that kept <laughs> kept giving him a rough time. And it virtually ruined his life. So I was a bit like that. But I got better. But um, it, at the start, when I became prominent, I, it, it was a psychic shock because I, until that stage, I was a, uh, a lecturer in a tertiary institution. My students liked me. The staff liked me. Um, my friends seemed to like me. I, I was affable. Nobody hated me. And then suddenly you become prominent. And you realise the arts is the most ferociously competitive field uh, on the face of the earth. Everyone wants to be a writer or an artist or something like that. So if you succeed, the ones that haven't succeeded have really got it in for you. I hope you enjoyed my chat with David. And if you want to listen to the full interview, you can click on a link to the episode in the show notes. 
If you're looking for more tips to improve the way that you work, I write a short fortnightly newsletter that contains three cool things that I've discovered that help me work better, which range from interesting research findings through to gadgets and software that I'm loving. You can sign up for that at howiwork.co. That's howiwork.co. How I Work is produced by Inventium with production support from Deadset Studios. And thank you to Martin Nimba who does the audio mix for every episode and makes everything sound better than it would have otherwise. See you next time.